Hello and welcome to Dr. Joe's Health and Sanity Call. I'm Dr. Joe, a wellness expert and professional speaker who helps busy people stay healthy, sane, and productive. For more information of how I can help you and your organization, visit drjoe.com, D-R-J-O.com. This interview was recorded on April 8th, 2020. Hello and welcome to Dr. Joe's Health and Sanity Call for today. So delighted that you all are joining us and uh, hope you're having a good day. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dr. Joe, a professional speaker who helps busy people stay healthy, sane, and productive. And it's all about, in my opinion, getting you know, work done when you need to so you can have more fun afterwards. And so when I'm teaching stress management, I might mention multitasking, not in a way that I'm recommending it, but a lot of people don't realize that when you try to do two mental tasks at one time, people think they can do it. You know, they're talking with somebody and they're reading an email at the same time. They're like, oh, go, go on, keep on talking. I'm just gonna finish this email. They think they can do it. But when in fact, your brain is switching back and forth between these two tasks and you're not getting everything on either end, you're more likely to make mistakes in your email, you're more likely to misinterpret the conversation, or you might say, oh, wait, 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 what did you just say? And then they have to repeat it again. Your brain can only focus on one mental task at one time. So a lot of times people think that multitasking isn't a good thing. When in fact, our guest today is here to talk to us about how we can mindfully multitask. In fact, she's the author of that book. She was an attorney in Silicon Valley until she ended up in the ER, kind of relating to my story on Monday. She ended up in the ER with the the doctor basically saying, you need to change your life or you're going to die. So she did what most people would do. She moved to Hawaii (laughs) and began teaching stress management, not just teaching stress management as she knows it. I mean, she got trained in all of these things to be able to be a stress management uh, instructor. So she's a professional speaker, just like me, an author of many books, including, you know, her first one was in employment law, but now she's more focused on the overall wellness, which I am as well. And so I invited Makana Risser-Kai to talk to us about how we can practice mindful multitasking. Welcome, Makana. Thank you, Dr. Joe. So Makana is not the name you were born with, I understand. Right. I was born with the name Rita Risser. Most, a lot of people know me that way, that my first book was written under that name. But when I moved to Hawaii 20 years ago, I was adopted by a Hawaiian family, which is an ancient tradition. And a few weeks later, they gave me the name Makana, which means gift, because they said I was a gift to their family. And then a few minutes after I met them, uh, the grandmother said, asked me, are you married? I said, no. She said, I have a son you should meet. And that's how I got the name Chai. You know, I I was just going to ask you about that, too. So I'm glad that you said that, because I thought that was a really fascinating story. So, So we talk about multitasking and how we can't possibly 
think about two things at one time. So a lot of times, maybe people have heard that and they say, oh, I can't multitask. When in fact, you can multitask if what? You can multitask if you're doing, for example, a physical exercise and an emotional one or an inspirational one um, or a mental one. So for example, we're all washing our hands now. So while we're washing our hands, we also can be deep breathing. And deep breathing has been shown to reduce blood pressure, so it relaxes us. It improves our immune system, which we all could use right now. So as we're washing our hands, we could breathe in, we could breathe in right now, and then hold it, and then exhale. And as you exhale, keep watching your hands. Two deep breaths will get you your 20 seconds of hand washing, and it will reduce your stress. Then while we're doing that, we also can do a, a mental emotional exercise, which is to repeat an affirmation or repeat positive words. So for example, I'll repeat peace, love, joy, calm, or other words that are what I want to be in that moment. Uh, another thing I do sometimes is I will sing in my head, but not happy birthday while I'm breathing still, but ha happy positive songs, whether they're spiritual songs or Broadway show tunes or uh, classic rock or whatever, something that makes you happy. So those are all things that we can do just while we're washing our hands. And since we're doing it so often, that will give us that, that opportunity to relax every time we do it. Well, that's good. I, you know, why should we watch, I mean, why should we sing happy birthday? You know, you always hear that, wash your hands and sing happy birthday, what, two times, I think. Um, yeah, why not sing Funky Town or something like that, whatever it is that you want to, to feel. So I, I um, thank you for the copy of the book that you sent me, by the way. And I did review it on Amazon because I know about some of these things. I didn't know it was called mindful multitasking. But for example, I knew that I could drive the car and have a conversation with somebody at the same time. Um, and I knew that I could walk and listen to a podcast. So some of the ideas in the book I knew about, but I was amazed at how many other things that you mentioned. And a lot of the ones that I liked, and I think I wrote them down someplace, but I can't find that piece of paper right now. <laughs> but they were about things that you could do while you're sitting at your desk working. And obviously you don't think about getting exercise while you're working, but you shared some ways in which we could do that. Yes, and actually sitting at our desk and also when we're sitting in Zoom meetings and webinars, because I don't know about most of you, but it seems like that's what I've been spending all my life doing the last couple of weeks. So whenever we're sitting, we can keep good posture. That's an exercise. So if we're sitting up rather than sitting back and we're pulling our belly in, and tightening our glutes and our kegels, that's an exercise. So that's something that we can do whenever we're sitting down. 
we also can um which i think is I, really a good idea to keep in mind that posture because many of us now working at home are working in a environment that is not you know ergonomically uh healthy you know we're working in our lazy boy recliner we're working in the dining room table that is the right height for eating but not so much for using the keypad or maybe you know we're off on a little kid desk someplace so makes it even more important that we focus on our posture so we don't end up with back issues later on well you're you must have been reading my mind because i was working in my lazy boy chair and threw out my low back and i was actually able to get into the chiropractor right before he closed but um what i've learned from that and this just happened like two weeks ago so what I've learned from this experience is uh, number one, to follow my own advice. <laughs> but secondly, I switch around throughout the day. So I might be sitting in one chair for an hour and then I stand up, I move around, maybe walk around the house and then go to another chair and then another chair so that I constantly move around, which is a little bit different than, you know, some people say you should have a place where you work and if that works for you, great. But for me, I find I need to keep moving my chairs. Well, plus, Makana, you don't have kids at home. Um, so you don't need to isolate yourself in one room like some people really have to because there's chaos going on down the hall. But yeah, so if you have that kind of flexibility, one of the things that I like to do is I had a stand-up desk made for me. So it's made for my height. And... Um, and that is a great way to keep that straight posture and, and practice like, you know, pulling in your abs and all that kind of stuff. Plus I have, um, what is it called? But it looks like yeah. it's a flat surface with a lot of knobbies and it's got a little like yeah, half moon underneath it. Yeah. And I stand on use it. that at my standing desk to stand on it. So you can see I'm much taller and you just kind of can kind of roll back and forward and front and back. Um, Wonderful. I think it's called a wobble board. Okay. So, and I'm glad you brought up a stand-up desk because the other thing and what I've been doing since working at home is I got a recycling bin and put it on top of my desk and that gives me the right um, place so that I can stand at my desk as well. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. Until it, maybe some people want to experiment with a stand-up desk before they invest. Yes. Um, yeah, hundreds of dollars perhaps and something like that. And what uh, I did with my first one was a box, you know, a nice yeah. sturdy box. And then I ended up going to TJ Maxx and got a, you know, a, a more, um, a more sturdy box because the first one was just a paper box. And then I got kind of like a, it was, I don't know what kind of thing, it's something decorative, but it was a box like, and I used that for a bit. And then I invested with having a cabinet maker make me a stand-up desk. My husband ended up going to Ikea and for about $300, he's got one that has, it's motorized so it can go up and down and he typically uses it up, so. Yeah, and then uh, another thought I wanted to suggest in terms of these Zooms and webinars that we're doing is if we don't have to be in the meeting. So for example, people here right now, they're not in the meeting, they're just listening, right? So why not take this opportunity to do some exercises? You can stand up, you can stretch, 
and you can balance on one foot. Balance is really important as we get older. Makani, you mentioned balancing on one foot in front of the microwave. So that one or two minutes that you're looking at, you know, to lift up one foot kind of in tree position and, uh, and balance, I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, or while you're waiting for the toaster or the tea kettle or whatever. And then um, squats are really important. I don't know if you remember, but the first guy who ever did exercises on TV, Jack LaLanne, mm -hmm. said the most important exercise we can do as we get older is squats. Because he said, as long as you can do squats, you can get on the toilet. Yeah. And as long as you can get on the toilet, you're not disabled. And, so, and you know what? Um, there are a lot of young people that might have laughed about that comment that you just made, but both with my mother and my mother-in-law, they said one of the deciding factors whether somebody can stay at home or needs to be institutionalized is can they get on the bathroom by themselves? And you're absolutely right. If they can't get down and get back up, a lot of people can get down, they can't get back up. Um, then they need to be institutionalized. And I can't remember what the statistics were, but it was like, wow, we need to continue to do squats. So don't keep getting yourself a higher toilet that makes it easier. Practice your squats. I think that was an excellent idea. Now, something else that I really enjoyed from your book is something I think we can all, we all need right now. A couple of different things. One was gratitude but you also are certified to teach forgiveness through, is it the Stanford University program? Is, is yes, the Stanford Forgiveness Project. There you go. And I, I, I'll tell you, I, I could use some of that right now, okay? So teach us first about gratitude. How can we develop more gratitude in a, in a, multitasking way. In other words, not taking any more time to do any more stuff. This is time we're already using. How can we learn gratitude? Well, one thing I hope everybody is doing is going outside every day and walking around the neighborhood. Uh, I think believe it's legal to do that everywhere. It is here where we're on lockdown. So while we're doing that walk, we can have gratitude. We can be grateful that we're able to walk that we live in a neighborhood where we're allowed to walk and then be grateful for um, a flower that you see or the clouds in the sky or this play of light on the clouds or the color of the sky or uh, the sun backlighting a flower. You know, just pay attention because if you're doing this walk every day as I am or twice a day, sometimes as I am, you want to find things that you can be, can be grateful for and and experience that feeling of awe. And you know, wonder. I was walking the other day and there was a beautiful, I mean, richly colored red cardinal on the tree. And I mentioned it to my husband and we were just watching him flitter around and then he went off. And it was just that idea that I noticed it. I noticed several more on that same walk. So. I, yeah, it really does give you a really good feeling. And that's one of my objectives. Every single time I go on a walk to try to find something that gives me awe. And, and I think it was yesterday. It was those red, red bright colored. I don't know where the, where the females were, but those brightly colored males were just everywhere. But oh, if we hadn't right. seen the first one, I'm not sure if we would have seen the rest of them. 
Yeah, we, I think we have to really look for it. And something that I do that, I guess it, it does take a little extra time, but I do it on Facebook. So I feel like it doesn't take extra time away is every day I put three things that I'm grateful for that day. So it has to be three different things. You can't say my house, my family, my health every time, you know. So uh, yesterday, my gratefulness was um, that my neighbor's mango tree has these little tiny mangoes on it. Uh, so I know eventually we'll get some. And I can't remember the other two things, but making the habit of writing it down every day, whether you do it on Facebook or in a journal or whatever, just makes you start being aware and looking for things to be grateful for. Yeah, and for those of you who were on the call with Neely a couple of weeks ago, she talked about her happiness jar. She has this huge glass jar with a bird at the top because that's her nickname. And every single morning, she writes what she was grateful for the day before. May not make sense, but it works for her, right? And, and she fills up these jars every single year. And on New Year's Day, she gets on Facebook Live and starts reading them. And some of them were as silly as, and she said this aloud so I can repeat it as, I had a good poop yesterday. <laughs> and other times there are things like, EMS came the other day and everything's okay, right? That's a big thing. But something else that you mentioned in your book that I thought was interesting is, I think I told you, and many of you that are listening to the call know that right now, in order to help my daughter stay employed, uh, and the fact that I'm not out there speaking, because my speaking engagements have gotten canceled, I have volunteered to help take care of my two and a half year old granddaughter, which you can imagine, two and a half year old, how much energy they have. And so um, I find that I've just been more observant of how I treat her, that I always praise her. Oh, that was really good. Oh, you're so talented. You can do that really well. Like she wanted to help me clean the kitchen floor and she wanted to get on the hands and knees. So I got on my hands and knees and we scrubbed it. And I said, oh, you're so good at cleaning the floor. And you know, it's funny, we, we express gratitude and thanks, I guess, and praise little kids all the time for the things they do. And I thought, you mentioned something in your book and I thought, how many times do I say that to my husband? Thank you very much for cleaning the dishes today. And because there's a part of me that says, you know, we always, I clean the dishes, he cleans the dishes, you know, come on, you know. But you had a different perspective on that. So I need to thank my husband more for those kind of things. Yeah. Do anyway. we, we need to thank them for doing their job. You know, I thank him for taking out the rubbish. I thank him for washing the dishes. And because I know that when I do something, and honestly, he doesn't always notice, so I have to tell him. But when I do something and he thanks me, I feel so much better. You know, it just warms my heart. So um, that's something. Another thing I wanted to briefly mention is smiling. Because the research shows that even when we fake smile, that it improves our mood, it decreases our blood pressure, it improves wait, our wait, immune wait, system. Reduces yeah. wrinkles. It reduces wrinkles, yeah. Especially I mean, that's what I noticed. Like people who look at me and if I'm not smiling, they think, and I think this happens as we get older, we look like we're angry. Yes, yeah. So, and yeah, so, we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But mostly because it makes us feel better. So as part of my walk, when I'm just walking in the neighborhood, 
I, of course, am smiling at my neighbors, but I'm also just smiling because that, be, again, reminds me that I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm alive, and it feeds into the gratitude practice. And then you mentioned forgiveness and forgiveness. Yes, I want you to, I do want you to talk about forgiveness. The research shows that for people who hold grudges have higher blood pressure, more colds, more flus. So again, um, forgiveness is really important. And I think there's two kind of levels of forgiveness. One is with the people that we may be stuck with right now. And so forgiving them, not necessarily verbally, you know, but just in our hearts or in our minds, I, you know, sometimes I just have to go, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you when my husband's done something that's driven me crazy. Um, and the other piece of it is trying to forgive people that we disagree with who are leaders or on social media, who we see that we don't have a relationship with. And honestly, this is the hardest thing for me right now is to forgive people that I disagree with um, on the national stage who are doing things like uh, hospitals that are firing doctors who are telling the press that they don't have um, PPE. That is so, so sad. And so that's, yeah, I work on forgiving. And um, there's a book called Forgive for Good written by my teacher, Dr. Fred Luskin, that there's a whole process of going through forgiveness if you've been really traumatized, which is very helpful. But for me, I just try to affirm, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And I also do as, as much as I can to avoid seeing these stories, although I do want to stay connected with what's going on, but I try not to overdose on the news. In fact, um, one of my mantras is less news, more music, uh, just because we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, if we don't take care of ourselves, we're going to get sick and um, we're not going to be able to do good for anybody. And it's so true, Makana, I mean, because the news doesn't change from moment to moment, or even if it did, how does it impact you? How does it change your life? What would you do differently if you'd known it three minutes earlier? So in most cases, uh, yeah, I, I agree, you know, less news is better. I personally have not watched the news in years. I do not watch it. There's something different about reading the news that you kind of get just the facts rather than the emotion behind it. And I found that that has been extremely healthy for me. So I would recommend anybody who's finding the news disrupting, um, don't watch it. You read, you know, go on your favorite websites and read it that way. There's, it, it is easier on your body. I completely agree. You know, when you're watching news, it just keeps coming and coming. You don't have any control. Whereas if you go to the New York Times website or Washington Post or what have you, you can look at the headlines and then decide, okay, I'm going to dive deep into this one. There you go. So you can pick and choose. Absolutely. Well, our time is up. And, and Makana, yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this call. The, she's the author of Mindful Multitasking. You can find it on Amazon. You can get an ebook and download it and read all of her ideas. Also, if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect? Uh, they can connect to me through my website, makanachai.com um, or makana at makanachai.com. I would love to hear from anyone and give them any support that I can. 
send me an email anytime you want to chat. I've been, I've really appreciated the emails that I have gotten. My email is just, again, Dr. Joe, D-R-J-O at drjo.com. Or thank you very much. Uh, I will talk with you on Friday. Thanks, Makana. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's health and sanity call, please subscribe to the channel and share it with others. For more information about how I can help you and your organization, visit drjo.com. That's just four letters, drjo.com.